Cheers, friends. Welcome to Owning Her Seat, a podcast highlighting women in culinary, entrepreneurship, and the hospitality industry. Today, I have Megan Huckleby, the field marketing manager at Woodford Reserve. Hey, Erica. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, Megan introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so I am the marketing manager uh, for Woodford Reserve and now actually Herodura and El Jimador Tequilas. So I basically am the bridge between the brand team and the local team um, for marketing and I focus on consumer events and I am over five states in the Southeast. That's a lot of a lot of responsibility. It is, but it's fun. You know, when you like what you do, it it's worth it. For sure. Okay, so typically this is a male-dominated industry. Like women drinking bourbon have not really been a thing within the last 10 years. We are typically wine, seltzers, coolers. So how do you work with a male-dominated industry being a woman? Yeah, so it's really great. Brown Foreman as a company is extremely diverse and helpful, and they empower women. Um, my mentors, when I first got into the industry, were my coworkers and my bosses, who were also female. So I feel like they really paved the way for me. And then, as you know, we have Elizabeth McCall, who's our yes. female master distiller, or assistant master distiller, um, and she's just paving the way throughout the industry times 10. And so we, we have a whole group dedicated to women in Brown Foreman, and how can we push each other up and help each other and mentor each other and continue our careers. Which I love. Speaking of careers, you've had two huge moves across country to pursue your career. Tell us about that a little bit more. Yeah. So I grew up in a really small town, like middle of nowhere. I lived a pretty sheltered life. Um, it was fun, but backcountry is the best way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> um, so when I graduated college and got my master's in public relations, I said, I need a change and I'm not going to be able to find the job I want here. So I moved across the country to California. And where were you living at before? Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and then okay. got my master's in Ohio. So wow. all within three hours um, of each other and so moved to California with nothing um, basically my car and a suitcase and a dream <laughs> and a dream um, and so I went and eventually found a greenhouse agency which got me into Brown Foreman and so I started marketing there um, with Southern Comfort and Tawaka back in the day oh my goodness I forgot about the Southern Comfort yeah, it was tough it was tough to push that brand on people <laughs> oh I'm sure <laughs> But it really just kind of opened my mind um, to what I can do and the whole industry. I didn't even know the industry was a thing then. I mean, you get, I mean, overall, you have a great job. So in that position, you pretty much, your job was not, like, not to demean it, but like you were like. It was consumer marketing. Yes. Um, for the two, for those two brands. And it was very hyper-focused to San Diego. So it was like event planning and um, just trying to figure out strategy. But it was tough because those brands are tough brands. Um, but it was fun. It was a great learning experience. Um, and so then from there, I had to get a little bit of sales experience before they let me back into marketing. So then I switched to um, chain merchandising, which in California, they sell liquor in the grocery stores, which is awesome. Yes. So oh, my goodness. So I you got your there. foot, your feet wet and mm -hmm. you really learned the ropes because that's not something they teach in college that this is even a job. Exactly. It was just my background in communications and PR. And, you know, I had pivoted um, from always wanting to be a broadcast journalist growing up, hence my sports um, internships and things, um, and then pivoted to PR and marketing because I realized there was just a lot more opportunity. 
So what was, how did your career change when you went from starting off as an intern to being a guest show morning host to now we are slinging liquor? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, internships is the best way to get your foot in the door and to meet people. Um, but at the time I was so singularly focused on broadcast journalism that I was doing stuff with NHL Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills and the Sports Network and morning show host, and then getting my master's, I just realized, A, they don't pay a lot. No, no. (laughs) B, it's really hard to get into. And C, the hours are just really tough to eventually want a family someday. For sure. So that's when I kind of pivoted to PR and marketing and um, found my way to California and and found these roles. Which I love. So before you worked for Brown Foreman and Woodford Reserve, did you enjoy bourbon and dark liquors oh my gosh no (laughs) okay good okay it was so mortifying when I joined the industry like embarrassed I was the worst drinker literally in grad school I would go to my sister's house and drink their good wet like really good red wine and I would put ice and seven up in it no really good no she was fuming so that's not the ice and seven up. Oh, it was, I had to have everything sweet. Like I drank Smirnoff and Mike's hard lemonade growing up. You were like, an Amarato sour kind of guy. Yes, yes. exactly. Like sex on the beach, like any kind of sugary drink. And so when I first tasted this stuff neat, I was like, oh, burn, it hurts. What do I do? Um, but the more and more I got used to it in cocktails and, you know, got my palate used to it. Now I love it. Like, I can't imagine the way that going I used to going back to a red wine. Yes. And a red- <laughs> I had like one sugary drink this weekend and I was like, woof, I can't believe I used to drink this. I stuff. think it's like, that's what causes the hangovers. If you ask mm-hmm. me, it's a cheap sugary drink. It's like, yeah. I've never gotten a hung- hungover off for Woodford Reserve. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, it pairs so well with food and stuff like I oh, used to think sure. it was that was just a wine thing but it's fun with bourbon because I like to eat and I like to drink so it's a great tie-in so talk to us about Woodford Reserve especially to the ladies who are strictly wine and vodka <laughs> yeah how to like me <laughs> yeah so to get switched over I think um first and foremost I think that people don't realize that you don't have to drink it straight or neat or on the That's rocks true. you can drink it in a cocktail um, but I would lean towards a refreshing cocktail, like a citrus or like a gold rush style drink, um, because it really, it, it's so versatile. It mixes and it opens up all the different flavor notes. And then you can get used to it in a cocktail before you decide to try and then switch and pivot to like on the rocks. I still, um, prefer like my sipping over rocks just because I like cold drinks. Um, but if I want to really taste and pair with food, then I prefer it neat. Which I love. Okay, so we're having, so typically, when, what type, so walk us through, what are we, what are we doing here today? So today we have double oaked. Um, okay. So we've got five different expressions of Woodford. We've got regular Woodford bourbon, Woodford rye, Woodford double oaked, Woodford wheat, and Woodford malt. Double oaked is the higher tier. Um, It is the same recipe as regular Woodford, but it goes into a second barrel for 10 to 12 months. So it's a little bit sweeter. Um, It's really a great uh, dessert bourbon. It pairs really well with dessert. Um, And if you actually taste it next to regular Woodford, you can see the difference in color from that. This is a little bit more richer in the color, right? Yep, exactly. I've gotten my So you can smell like the chocolate and vanilla. It's it's my favorite. Well, cheers. Cheers. 
has a smooth finish. It does. It's so good. And like the biggest thing I've learned, especially switching to tequilas too, is that Woodford isn't just fall and winter. You can have it in a summer cocktail. And same thing with tequilas. You yeah. can have it. My go-to, obviously, is summer margarita season, which I totally yeah. love. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Yeah. All excited about those. But you can also drink those neat and in the winter and pair those with food. For so. sure. So what's the most exciting part of your job? Because you get to see a lot of things, connect with a lot of people, and really just explore. Like, it's a dream job, it sounds like. Yeah, I think when I first started out, um, it was just the idea of getting to travel. Like I ran the West Coast for our premium whiskeys. So getting to travel to the different areas and see how everybody did things differently. Um, Now more and more, I'm just getting really to like meeting new people and see how consumers are interested and what they're doing and meeting great people like you. And it just makes it fun because you're, it's more than just drinking and, you know, like back in college days, just getting drunk. Like now it's more about enjoying the spirit and enjoying the people that you're enjoying it with. That's ab- absolutely. I love it. I was not a bourbon drinker before I started hanging out with my Woodford friends. I was typically vodka, gin, red, white wine. And I was just like, that's like for boys. Like, yeah. you know, I don't. <laughs> and now you love it. Now oh, I love it. Dinners. Now when I like go to the bar and order like, you know, Woodford need or, you know, a Manhattan, they look at me like, are you sure what? that's like what you want? I'm like, and I prefer Woodford, please. You know yeah, what I mean? So I love it. It's it's interesting how it's changing. When women aren't put in a box as far as what they're drinking. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So what plans do you have upcoming with your position and like fun stuff because you guys have so many good things that you guys are a part of with Woodford Reserve. You know, you have the Derby coming up. You have Cinco de Mayo coming up. There's so many amazing things coming up. Yeah. um, You know, with everything reopening, we're still getting used to what life looks like. um, But we're really excited to finally, especially here in Georgia and in the South, things are more open. So we're excited to do some derby parties and get dressed up and drink some mint juleps and then completely switch gears and do Cinco de Mayo with tequila. We've got some great um, Mexican accounts and partner accounts here in Atlanta. So I'm just learning those and getting excited about that. How do you do so much? Because you have, you're a wife, you have your career, you're managing a home. How do you wear such multiple hats and still execute your job effortlessly? Yeah, I feel like I'm a good multitasker. Um, So I'm constantly switching from things to other things. But I think what's important is separating the two. Um, So just making sure that shutting off email sometimes to spend time with my husband or to travel um, and just really separate like work versus fun. Um, But then also the good thing is my work is fun. So it's good to be able to do both. Um, But yeah, I think if you're not careful, you can totally get sucked into overworking and going out all the time. And then you're really not your best self at work anyway. For sure. So what advice would you give a woman who's like in college, like this is super cool. I would love to do this job. What advice or tips would you give her if she wanted to follow in your footsteps? I think the biggest thing is meeting people, getting to know each other, networking. Networking is the biggest thing that I started in in college. Um, That and interning, because then you can speak to real life experience. For sure. Instead of just what classes you took and what grades you got. Um, So I think those two are the biggest thing. And then once you do get plugged in, like find a mentor and find other badass women just like you and, and make sure you spend time with them and surround yourself with the right people. For sure. I love that. So... 
I know you've been to a lot of our dinners. Like, what would you say has been your favorite pairing food with Woodford? Oh, my God. So I think one of my favorite dinners you guys had was when we went to Ruth Chris. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris came down and, like, walked us through. And it was just so good. Like, it was just a great vibe. The dinners were awesome. And, like, lots of times when you're at dinners, like, you hope you get a good table. Like, it sounds so high school and childish. <laughs> You know what I mean? I but totally it's just like, get it. But it's just like, oh my God, I hope I get a cool table. Because sometimes you get tables, they're a little bit too pretentious. Sometimes you get tables and they're too silly. Yes. So like, I hope I find my tribe at the table. And I had the stellar table. The guys were awesome. <laughs> so it was great. But I just loved all the food. Ruth Chris did such a great job, like, executing the the bourbon with the pairings and then Chris walking us through and it was just it was great so that yeah. I think that would be my favorite dinner I feel like anytime Chris or Elizabeth are in town it's hard to beat it's it's a, <laughs> like it's a treat yeah <laughs> so what has been like one of your favorite events that you've been to and it doesn't have to be Woodford but I know you go to events all the time oh my god okay let me think I love the cure for childhood cancer event because mm-hmm. it's always a event that's so close to my heart like it's just so hard to see like we're adults you know what I mean so if we have like struggles and things like that like we're expected to get over it mm-hmm. but to like see children with like leukemia and like cancer yeah. and things like that it's just like it's so sad and it it's is. just like you know not only that but you're combining chef's passions for food and then it's at the beautiful St. Regis and it's just so lovely and to execute it beautifully I would say that one or it used to be Taste of the Nation for I mean who doesn't I mean no kid hungry I mean yes. what a great organization and on top of that the events are just always wonderful and they pair they like partner with so many amazing people so I would say those are my top two that's good it's always good when you can have a charity tie-in and know that you're helping people and having a good time at the same time uh, I mean who doesn't love that it's a win-win yeah. I'm doing a good deed and having cocktails and nice appetizers <laughs> exactly so I know that we both love to travel yes um so much what people always ask me where my favorite place yeah I was about to ask yeah and it's so hard because there's so many and they're all so unique but I'm gonna ask you okay what's your favorite place that you've so here we go I'm gonna say Mm pre-COVID okay one of my favorite places to visit I would say would be Bali Mm. because it's just it's such a great time and like when you're in Bali you can visit like Koh Samui and like Singapore and things like that Chiang Mai so I love that now post-COVID, just because we can't go to Europe, we can't go to Asia and things like that. My loving husband took me on a trip, surprise trip to Aruba. And I would say that was one of our best trips to date. And it's because I'm the worst person to try and surprise. I'm so nosy. (laughs) I'm going through the phones. I'm checking. Like, it's impossible to surprise me. But him and my cousin, they like completely like executed it. Like they were like deleting messages, deleting voice notes or whatever. And I didn't find out where (laughs) we were going until I actually got to the airport. You're kidding. No, that's amazing. He was like, bring a curly wig. Okay, bring... Bring some warm weather clothes, and that's all you need to know. That's so, like, amazing. I was just like, oh, my goodness. And he's always good with that type of stuff, though. Like, for our engagement, we got engaged in Vegas, Puerto Rico. He surprised uh-huh. me there. So I was, like, shocked. So he's really good. He's, like, the only person that's ever oh, been able to surprise me. I love that. And yeah. Aruba has, like, the best food scene. It was – I was very surprised. And, Same. like, the water – like, it only rains in Aruba, like, three times a year. Yeah. I was there for a wedding, and unfortunately, it rained the day of the wedding. I like, three that. times a the year. Odd, yeah. The odds. The odds. Of that happening. I know, but we just drank plenty of Woodford and we were good. Hello, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that. How fun. And, and Bali's going to have to be on my list now. So, where's one of your favorite places to go? Because you travel too. Like, I'm like, are you an influencer? Like, are you. <laughs> I just am addicted to it. We've done 27 countries and 
six years. That's huge. It's crazy. Some people don't do that in their entire life. I know. I think just, again, like I grew up in such a small town, I wanted to explore and then I got hooked. But I would say New Zealand was one of my top, like there's Wonderful just so wine. much to do. Yeah. Great wine. Um, and I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but there was some really crazy fun adrenaline stuff to do there. Like biggest whitewater rafting or walk what? around the tallest building on the rooftop, like just some really cool things. And then the other one I think too would be South Africa. I was kind of like, eh, I mean, I can see these things in the zoo. Like, it's whatever. It's a vibe. <laughs> it it's totally a vibe. is. They have their own vibe of yeah. things. And you're in their world. Like, I feel like at a zoo, they're in our world, but we're in their world. And like, you're just seeing the way they live. And that was really cool. Or if you love South African cuisine, we have like two amazing restaurants here. Yibo with Justin Anthony. It's so good like he's from south yeah he's like some african he has like his accent like i just love it so you have to visit nominal hello (laughs) so you have to visit um yibo and then the biltong bar because they have like it's so good biltong they they love their woodford too they do not love their woodford (laughs) i love it so what is next for you what would you say the biggest thing is that you're working on i would say this podcast is my newest baby i love to try new things because it keeps you humble yeah so like literally i never feel like even if i feel like i have it in the bag i never feel like i have it in the bag because trying new things keep you humble you know what i mean so it's never like oh i know this is gonna be a slam i don't know these people are unpredictable like sometimes like it's just like on instagram like you curate this beautiful shoot you're like i know this is gonna go viral it's like three shoots and then it's like yeah i'm in the car selfie a thousand likes like what do you people want from me you know what i mean so i've just learned not to go into anything with any expectations and just giving a hundred percent and then whatever happens is going to happen. But yeah. that expectation is 86. I love that though. And I think it's important to stay creative. I think it's awesome that you have like your candles and your scents and your events and your travel and the podcast. Like it definitely keeps you on your toes. And I feel like in your position, sometimes you could just sit back and do the basic, but you don't like you just go for it. 110%. I'm like basic effort. You get basic results. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so like, if, true. if you want, like, it's like one of those things where it's like your friends, like I can't lose weight. And then like every other day they're getting drunk. Yeah. They work out one day a week. They <laughs> yes. eat a salad once a day. Yeah. Like, are you really going to get the results that you want from that? It's just like you put in what you get out. And it's just like, it's like faith like when you start your weight loss journey you never know what your in body is going to be you know what I mean but you push at it for like a year and you're like oh my god I can't believe so it's like you know leading just with pure faith and hope and that's like entrepreneurship or anything rather you know what I mean when you first started in your career at green agency you know Working at Woodford or working for Brown Foreman was like a dream. You yeah. know what I mean? But you never knew. You just had to keep doing your job every day. Until you have you to get there. Yeah. We were, um, there's this thing I saw. It was so funny. So it's just like, you know, what if someone was documenting your life to success right now? What would you do if you knew you had a camera crew coming to your house at five o'clock every day? Wow. Would you live your life any different than what hmm. you're doing now? And most people would. Yeah. I would be on my game. I would be more prepared. I would work harder. I would study harder. Right. And that's like a good way I thought about like living my life. Like if I knew someone was documenting my journey from now until whatever my, whatever I deem success, 
how would I operate different than nobody watching? That is so interesting. I've never heard that. I feel like my number one would be getting out of bed earlier. Oh, for sure. Because you get you get so much done. Yes. That's what me and my husband argue about all the time because he's like a later sleeper. And I'm like, yeah, five o'clock, six o'clock, let's uh, get this done. And you still have great energy. Yeah. Oh, you have, because the thing is you get so much, like I love quiet time. Yeah. Like when no one's texting me, no one's emailing me. I can respond. I can catch up. By the time 9, 30, 10 comes, the world's open. Yeah, that's true. Or like every now and then I'll wake up to like a lot of emails and I'm like, oh, maybe oh, if I would have gotten up earlier. But it's like, <laughs> I say this all the time. The only reason why I feel like I'm successful is because of my morning routine. Yes. I am a stickler for my morning routine. I do not turn on my phone until I've done a one hour workout. I do not turn on my phone until I've had my breakfast because like literally I've noticed when I don't, when I open my phone or whatever, you start wasting time scrolling on the gram. Mm -hmm. Number two, your mood changes. You'll see an email that came in at 11 o'clock and you're in a, in a crappy mood mm -hmm. or you'll see an email that you should have responded to. Now it's code red. So now your day's thrown off. So I don't deal with my day until I handle what I need to do. That's great advice. I I am the opposite, and I really need to be more like that. I do not. I when I go to sleep, I turn off my phone. And the thing is, you talk like, oh my god, what if what if somebody if anything happens, I need eight hours of sleep to deal with it when yeah. I wake up anyway. Yeah. So and somebody can always knock on your door. Hello, it's like call Desmond <laughs> yeah. if it's serious. Yeah. But literally, my phone goes off, and I like get everything done before I deal with the world because you have to be in a good headspace to deal with that. And then it's just like when you work out, you have your phone. It's like. You don't even realize it, but you're drawn to check it. You're drawn to like respond. Jogging on the treadmill, like checking emails. Exactly. Like, I'm like, can I really say I gave 100% to my workout right. today if I checked my emails like seven times? And then you'll look at like your active calories and yes. your resting calories. I need that 582 I calories. Know. That's so true. That's great advice. So yeah, but then when you have a morning routine, you have to have an evening routine. Yeah. And like, I don't fall down. asleep with the TV on. Yeah. Like I'll like Same. tell Alexa to play like rain music because I just love listening yeah. to rain. <laughs> but like I turn off my phone. Yeah. The blue light is the worst for you because it keeps you up. Yes. So true. So I like, you just have to wind down. Like, so I think routines are key. Yeah. I feel like I'm better about it at night than in the morning. Really? But I'm now going to take this advice and try the morning. Oh, you're going <laughs> to just, just try one day a week and see how it goes. Perfect. Like, you, Cause the results don't come from like, you know, one day you have to start yes. slowly. You don't lose a hundred pounds by like eating right. You know, every, you have to start off where you're going to fall off the wagon. And what do they say? It's like 90 days before something becomes a habit. Exactly. So if you have to days. break 23 times. Oh yeah. To break a, to break a habit. Yeah. That's true. crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Megan. Yeah. I appreciate Thanks you for coming. Cheers to owning her seat. Cheers. Thank you guys for joining me. Until next time, make sure to like, share, and subscribe.